Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Spesh. Hello. What's happening, Derek? Not much, really. I I will say that I finally got my uh, garage heater installed after, uh, what, 10 months in the new house? You've been in there almost a year already? Yeah, March. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you finally March. got that? Yeah, finally. Well, summer wasn't going to bother with it. Have you found your your hair trimmer yet? Your yes, beard, we your did. Your beard trimmer? It showed up as Siobhan says, hey, we got two of these things. Where'd it come from? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like we don't even know where it came from. It just it's so like, it hey, showed up one day. There's one in the drawer and one on the counter. Where's the second one come from? <laughs> it was there all along. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. But yeah, so but we're still missing some stuff. Oh, the uh, second set of keys for each car mm-hmm. still haven't found them. So there's we only have one set. We can't lose keys. Cannot lose car keys. <laughs> no, I haven't said but that. But there's there's a box somewhere with car keys in it. So basically, <laughs> if you leave my house and I lock the door and you forget your keys here, well, I couldn't leave your driveway. No, would you be sitting outside in the cold for a while? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that would be no matter what. Until <laughs> I unlock my door and let you back in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Pass yeah. into the dog and let the dog go running. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, so the heater's installed. We're uh, I'm one step closer to, to to really moving up and and getting stuff done in that garage, and it'll infect the rest of the house. Everything else will get organized, and we move some furniture no, in the storage won't. unit over the weekend. Oh, you're emptying your storage unit? We have to. It's expensive. Yeah. Wow. I figured that'd be done already. Ah, uh, no. It's you. Never mind. Yeah. Procrastinate. <laughs> Captain Procrastination. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, How about you, man? What's new? I'm too lazy to take my winter tent down. It's been hanging in my garage. It's still, it's <laughs> quote unquote, drying. It's drying still. Just making sure it's dry really well. So we used the smoker the other night, did a couple of meatloafs on there. So I had to pull the brand new snowblower out of the garage. Oh. Because, you know, we haven't had enough snow to... Mm, I know. You know, uh, pull the the smoker to the front of the garage. <laughs> and get it it's called Not Your Mama's your mama's Meatloaf. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's one of the recipes from the, the smoker site there. And uh, yeah, definitely not my mama's meatloaf. Because Mama didn't have a smoker. <laughs> didn't have if a Mama smoker. had a smoker, all the fire alarms were going off in the house. <laughs> that was pretty good, though. Yeah? Yeah, did that. Yeah, anything on the smoker. So what was special about it? Was it just on the smoker, or was there any special Oh, it was on the or? smoker. There was... They, they, they do it pork with... Pork, um, Mixture both? Yeah, yeah. A pork beef mixture... Uh, sage and salt and pepper and the glaze is the, this barbecue sauce and yeah. apple juice glaze that you put over top. How deep into the smoke get into it? Could you see the ring inside? When oh, yeah, it? yeah, 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 yeah. Probably, I don't know, half a centimeter, I guess, cool. or so. But yeah, it's only on there for a couple of hours, right? Mm-hmm. Low and slow, but yeah, it was good. Hmm. And then the pineapple. We always, I've been, I've been getting to that smoked pineapple. Oh, I love it. Brown well, sugar, cinnamon, and honey. Yeah. And then on a, on a like you skin the whole pineapple, mm-hmm. and then you lay that whole pineapple right on the grill. Okay. And then you let it go for 450 at uh, for about half an hour. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. <laughs> so I hate pineapple, but this oh I, I love barbecued pineapple. Yeah, barbecued pineapple like, spears. 
Yeah, eat it like it's nobody's business, mm-hmm. man. So, other than that, still waiting for the snow. Snow's supposed to be happening this week. Yes. Yeah. Saying, but yep. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We got some snow the other day. I uh, so happy. Yeah, there's snow. And now it's gone. It was what about a centimeter? It was something. It hit the it ground. Was light. Yeah. It momentarily hit the ground. I ran outside, and made sure I scooped up all the dog poop before the snow covered it, <laughs> and then the snow disappeared. It's like really, <laughs> really. Well, it's supposed to be uh, this week, so it'll be the night before this goes live. It's supposed to get fifteen to twenty centimeters. Yeah, we're supposed to be getting a good. So they say. So when people are listening to this on Thursday, they'll be going, "Yes, yes, you they're guys at got home. snow." They're at home, going, "Oh yeah, we're not driving in this." <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, but didn't I do that like what last month? Yeah, and it never. Or was it a couple weeks ago? Yeah, yeah just a couple weeks ago. Everybody's going nuts. Yeah. So they're not going into work, and they're stopping and buying this, that, and the other thing at the grocery store because you know. The world's going to end. Yeah, yeah. And I drove into work. It was a beautiful drive in. <laughs> and I came out. Yeah, it snowed a bit, but yeah. like, I'm just like, where was this? Yeah. That and was, they, that was a, yeah, it's supposed to be the storm of the century. Haven't we already had a couple of storms yeah. of the century? There's a couple uh, every winter that never show up. What was the other one we said? The storm, we haven't had a storm like this in three generations or something. We, have, we, have, we already had three <laughs> storms of the generation as well. And then there was the uh, one where the aliens were coming to get us all, yes, <laughs> take <yeah>. us home. <laughs> I can't remember what that was called. but I look forward yeah. to getting snow. I want I, I have a new snowblower too and I want to use it. Right? At this rate, I'm just going to go around and do all my neighbors <laughs> just so I can yeah. run the gas out of the t- <laughs> I have to sit there all summer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I got something in the mail. Did you? Right here. This little gadget here, which is, what's that about? Whoops. Whoa, in my beer almost. almost in your beer. What's that, like two and a half by, or by three? Four by three. Four by three? Four mm-hmm. by three inches. A foraging pouch. Yeah. So it fits on your belt, and there's a little leather pouch thingy with no size that has a snap. Everybody's saying foraging belt. Foraging. 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 <laughs> G- foraging. Forest. I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, everybody that's listening to this are going to hear you say forging. Foraging. <laughs> it was foraging, Jenny. <laughs> and you open it up and there's this waxed leather A bag. Royal purple. Yeah. That sits on your belt loop mm-hmm. or you can put it on your, your pack loop. I've actually yeah. put pictures on our Facebook page of it. And yeah, so when you're out you just put this little thing on your your belt loop, on a portage, out doing something out for on a, a day hike trip. or yeah. whatever, and and you know you're seeing stuff that you want to pick up and put in your pockets. Yeah. Well, you just open this up. If you're if you're camping and you're out and you're oh look at all those blueberries, mm-hmm. you just open this up, fill it with blueberries, and you got yeah blueberries for lunch. That's or, pretty cool. Or pancakes or whatever. Or if you're like me and you end up with pine cones and rocks and, and tinder <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that for the fire, yeah. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, I picked up one of those uh, off of Etsy, a uh, place called Arctic Pines. Um, yeah, pretty cool. It is very little, neat. little cinch. I like that it's a top. waxed pouch. It yeah. comes pre-colored purple so that any berry juice that gets on is not going to make such a terrible stain. Right? See? <clears throat> that's why I got it that color. And it's very light. Yeah, well, and like I say, it just sits on your yeah. your yeah. your belt, mm-hmm. and you're not even going to know it's there. Yeah, 
until you fill it with rocks. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my son would do. He'd right? fill it with rocks. I would fill it with blueberries. Well, you put the rocks at the bottom and the blueberries <laughs> on top. Just make sure you do That's it in that smart order. Way to learn, right? Right? Why is this thing all leaky? Oh, <laughs> rocks then blueberries. <laughs> when we did our trip, our Burt Reynolds Moral River Run this summer, last summer, we uh, along it was peak blueberry season. Mm-hmm. Everywhere we went, it was it was like you were getting kind of tired of eating blueberries. There's so many blueberries you couldn't eat them all. But yeah, I can imagine filling that pouch up and it's like, hey boys, blueberries for breakfast. Yeah. Blueberry pancakes, Mm -hmm. blueberry scones, (laughs) blueberry muffins. Yeah. Blueberries. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I I picked that up. Yeah. Just all you got to do is Google foraging bag. But people use them when they go hunting for mushrooms and stuff, Mm -hmm. which, yeah, I I don't do that. But if you did, you got a place to to put them, right? Mm -hmm. So. Other than that, took the dog to leash free again. Oh, yeah. Working on the trails. She's, her ears weren't working as well this week, but still. (laughs) Yes. Well, every time I show up here, it's like I'm a new person. She, and then by, after about an hour, she's snuggling and cuddling with me, but then I show up the next week and it's like, you know, bark, 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 bark. She's barked at you this many times. She's got to keep going now. I know, right? Yeah. (laughs) There was three Great Danes. Yeah. And all these, there was tons of dogs there. They were all running every which way was chaos. Unguided missiles. Yeah. And Athena comes ripping across one way and this massive, this is a great Dane. And I think this dog is as wide as he is tall. <laughs> it's, it's a tad over, no, yeah. that's, that's more than a tad overweight. It is grossly overweight. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like a tank and just nailed her. They weren't paying attention where yeah. each other was, and she cuts right in front of them, and she got hammered. You're looking at a 120-pound dog versus a 40-pound dog. Yeah. Just <laughs> boom, and we're like, ooh. <laughs> I felt that. <laughs> nah, but yeah, we're, uh, the training continues. Mm-hmm. The training continues. Uh, what's happening out in the world nowadays? Yes. Let's talk grizzly bears and the avian flu. Well, let me start with a bit of a preamble. Um, so I had been, I've been noticing and I, I thought, how did I get preppers on my, uh, on my timeline, right? So I keep, I saw a woman, she said, yeah, there's a big egg shortage and, uh, and I, I found a local farmer and I bought six dozen eggs from him and I'm thinking, six dozen eggs. And, uh, so what she did is she, farm fresh, unwashed, last, out on the counter mm-hmm. for a month. And she said for the rest of them, she, this concoction of, uh, of like pickling spices, this, that, the other thing. And she just submerged them in big jars. And she said, these are good for 18 months now. Were they hard boiled first? Like Uncooked. pickled eggs or really? Raw eggs in the jars with this spice, this pickling stuff, the alum and whatever, I don't know. And then she says it's good for 18 months. But won't that get through the shell into the egg? It probably would. It probably affect the taste, but it's, you still have, quote unquote, fresh eggs. Uh, that's weird. Well, how did I get preppers on my... And then I saw some stories uh, online about uh, 
egg smugglers. It's the next big thing across the U.S.-Mexican border. There's a lot of eggs being smuggled in. Forget the cocaine. Here, put these in your pants. (laughs) But yeah, I'm thinking, what's going on? I don't get it. And then I came across this story. It's like, oh, it makes sense now. Now I'm like, at first I thought, why is there an egg shortage? <laughs> like, do everybody have chickens in their backyard now? Because they did, there was a country over in Europe somewhere. They said, hey, anybody wants a chicken? And anybody wanted them got three chickens. And suddenly there was like, you know, 100,000 pounds of, uh, or tons of uh, waste that didn't go to the landfill anymore because their chickens were eating it. And uh, egg sales crashed down. It's like nobody was buying eggs anymore because they had their own chickens. Everybody eggs. had their own chickens. So I thought, so what's going on? But then this this story here makes a lot of sense. Why? <laughs> it's like, oh, it's not the preppers. <laughs> it's an actual egg shortage. There's an actual egg food. shortage, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been seeing a whole lot of talk lately about Eggs are so expensive. He said, yeah. what, if, what do you get your wife for Valentine's Day? And somebody, yeah, someone's showing up with a thing of eggs. I'm like, what am I missing here? Yeah. <laughs> What's with all the eggs? It's not eggs. 2023's toilet paper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Last year it was toilet paper. This year it's eggs. Yeah. <laughs> What'll be next year? <laughs> Vacuum bags. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so late last year, Montana wildlife officials found three young grizzly bears showing signs of severe illness. They each uh, found in a different area and they were euthanized for their partial blindness, disorientation, and neurological issues. Uh, last week, Montana officials said an examination had found the cause of the bear's sickness avian influenza mm-hmm. so the bird flu avian flu we suspect these mammals probably got the virus from consuming infected birds so anything that you come across that dies from h1n1 mm-hmm. is going to catch it it's going to get the bird flu which is why you should always handle birds with gloves yes if you find a dead bird yeah you just poke it with a stick and walk away yes yes it's the first documented case of highly pathogenic avian influenza, HPAI, in grizzly bears, officials said, yet it is also just the latest evidence that the avian flu has spread to mammals. A fox and a skunk in Montana also tested positive last year. In other states and countries, the virus has shown up in raccoons, black bears, and even coyote. Latest outbreak of the avian flu is now considered the largest foreign animal disease outbreak in U.S. history. Um, nearly 58 million birds have contracted it across 47 states. And, of course, leading them to have to kill all these birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hence the egg shortage. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, so far, most of the infected birds identified by scientists have been wild and have been spreading the disease to animals that eat them. Don't eat birds. <laughs> Especially dead ones. Especially dead ones. But that looks like a yummy roadkill. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult to track and contain a virus spread by wild birds that often migrate across hundreds of miles and remain asymptomatic when infected. Wildlife, wildlife experts say it, if it continues to spread throughout spring and summer when temperatures rise and many animals emerge from hibernation, the bird flu could become more widespread. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, so it's it's just uh, it's another one of those things. It's the end of the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Uh, it means avoiding contact with sick or dead wildlife. If you must handle a dead animal for disposal, you should wear gloves, even if it is unlikely the animal died from a contagious disease. We had, uh, oh no, that, that, uh, we had a dead rabbit in our backyard. Oh yeah. Don't, there's no marks on him. So we just dug a hole, put him in and covered it over. <laughs> Didn't touch him except with the shovel. Yes. <laughs> we had a blue jay hammer into our, one of our windows. Oh yeah. Even though we got stuff in the window, so mm-hmm. the birds don't do that. Yeah. He did. Again. <laughs> Dug a hole, put him in, <laughs> covered him up. So you have a pet cemetery back we there. We got a pet cemetery in our backyard. <laughs> yep. Yippers. That's us, baby. Welcome to the Roly Pet Cemetery. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's that's interesting that uh, it, it's funny that I, I've seen so many signs and symptoms of, of this current outbreak of avian flu that, mm-hmm. and I never clued into what was causing all these little individual stories that I've been seeing and hearing about. Yeah, like I say, all of a sudden you start seeing all these things about eggs are so expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, what's, oh no, I can afford a car, I just can't afford eggs. <laughs> Why? Yeah. What, what I miss? Yeah. Well, apparently oh, and I've seen people talk about recipes too. Hey, the, you know, these, this is a really good egg substitute if you use avocado. It's like, why would you do that? Hey, use, I'd use rather starve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crepes. Uh, they make, they have a, a restaurant around the corner from us here. Yeah. They have a all-you-can-eat crepes thing on right now. Yeah. For like 10 bucks, hmm. they're going bankrupt. <laughs> I, I just give you 30 and, and I'll walk away. Yeah. <laughs> give me $30 and I just won't show up. It's probably cheaper. Yeah. Uh, since Christmas, there have only been three or four days without rain in much of California. That's a lot. They've been getting hammered. We talked about mm-hmm. it last week and we've mentioned it. Like they've been getting hammered so badly with so much rain. Like it's Torrential flooding. rain. Yeah. Like so much so that like we talked about the, the woman and her husband kayaking through their house, mm-hmm. checking out the damage. Yeah. Uh, flooding, mudslides everywhere. Uh, for many people, it's been a disaster, one that has likely become increasingly more common in the coming decades. I'm not going to get into all the climate change. This yep. this article had, I think, 257 comments, uh, yes. and half of them had nothing to do with yeah, what the article was about. People like to be trolls, right? Yeah. And I yeah. wish people could keep, you know, stow it, you know, don't just, just keep on the, the uh, timeline. Yeah. Follow what's going on. Topic, topic. So they say, enough of the bad news. Have you seen the snowpack? The first few storms that hit in late December and earlier January were pretty warm, so snow levels remained well above 7,000 feet. But each successive storm dumped feet of snow, and it just kept coming. Mm-hmm. Snowpack levels in Sierra Nevada have reached 250% of normal. Yeah, it's like a Donner Party winter. Oh, that... You know, <laughs> There was all those comments in there as well. I just started scrolling through them. Yeah. You know, that was a rabbit hole. I just, I shouldn't have. Northern California, uh, far Northern California is around 200% of normal. Tahoe is 250%. Southern Sierra has uh, readings edging close to 300% of normal. It's good ski year. A lot of these ski hills. Yeah. Mm. So... When you start reading it and stuff, like this is, seems pretty good, right? Because yep. with all the drought and everything that's been happening. Yes. But, big but, these measurements are way above normal for this time of year, but are still low. And I think somebody said about 80% 
of the annual yearly amounts. Really? Yeah. And that measurement is usually taken in April. Mm-hmm. So if these keep going the way they are. It'll help a it'll lot. It'll definitely help. Because that spring thaw, all of those reservoirs, you know, it's it, they, they need... In the in the Rockies and in the mountains mm-hmm. in California, they need some uh, they need some of that spring meltwater filling oh, up the time. reservoirs. And hopefully, like yeah, like you say, if, if the snow and that does continue, hopefully it means great water levels next summer, which bodes well for paddlers mm-hmm. all the way down. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, keep your fingers crossed. There's some good whitewater trips in the spring, right? <laughs> Get the rafts going. Yeah, kayaks, canoes. Stand up paddle boards. <laughs> uh, there was also the big thing in the comments about the government needs to uh, maintain the water levels in the reservoirs properly and proper water well, management. Stop drinking and, the water. Yeah, stop drinking the water. Stop flushing your toilet. Yeah. If it's yellow, let it mellow. Yeah. <laughs> so the gov- you can't blame the government. It's it's all these yahoos who uh, hey uh, let's let's build a let's build an eighteen hole uh, golf, golf course. course in the middle of the desert. Yeah. That's yeah. where the problem lies. You know what? Yeah. And, and to me, as much as I like going out and playing around a golf with the buds and mm-hmm. whatnot and uh, having fun, there comes a point. I know, right? Do you want to do it good There's for humans? Or yeah. They need to develop some sort of like desert golf. It's played in the sand. <laughs> a bigger ball, maybe. <laughs> Not a brown colored ball. No. Something, yeah, something like a- Flarsen orange. Or some sort of sand frisbee, flag football yeah. frisbee or Take something Take advantage in the sand. of your natural environment. Right? The natural environment. Use it. Because it, it's easy for people to play that, what is it, is it frisbee football or something yep. like that? Yep. And yeah, running down a field. and But you put those people in like a foot of sand, <laughs> you try to catch them. Yeah, Go ahead. Try and run. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Just adds extra to the sport, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, this one. Ulysses Narden, a Swiss company, and I'm sure there's supposed to be an accent and everything on that. A Swiss company whose history is rooted in creating chronometers and marine-inspired watches recently announced a new water-related connection. The joint branding with Canadian company Bow Lake of a limited edition of 100 inflatable stand-up paddle boards and matching watches. Because, you know, when I'm out paddling, <laughs> I need to accessorize. <laughs> accessories, accessories, <Yes>. accessories. <laughs> we see this relationship as part of the Ulysses Nardin universe, says Francois-Xavier Hautier, president of Ulysses Nardin Americas. We both have a love of the water and the desire to do something fun and meaningful for our customers to give them something they can enjoy. It's about being part of the water community, and since we are making these in small numbers, it is exclusive, like a little Ulysses Nardin Bow Lake Adventure Club. (laughs) So, you know what? I mean, if you've got the money... Yeah, exactly. Why not accessorize? You know, I like to joke around a bit about it because it seems a bit much. But if you got the money, I mean, I'd probably be in there too. So the paddleboard's color scheme uses the signature Ulysses Nardin Sea Blue Shade with accents inspired by the Diver Watch, incorporating the watchmaker's anchor logo, the watch, the Diver Chronometer Bow Lake 44 millimeter. Sounds like a gun. 
features a blue dial, a case made of blue PVD physical vapor deposition, titanium, and the Bow Lake logo on a titanium plate set into its blue rubber strap. The watch is water resistant to 300 meters. Okay, if you're stand up paddle boarding and you're 300 meters down, you've done something wrong. <laughs> I'm no expert, but <laughs> I don't care how waterproof this watch is. <laughs> if you're 300 meters down after falling off your paddleboard, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> Each of these sets, $11,900. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I know. However, the set consists of the new uh, Ulysses Nardin mechanical diver watch, a board, a fin, a carrying bag with shoulder straps and wheels, a pump to inflate the board, a collapsible carbon fiber paddle, a leash, and a board repair kit. The set is sold in stores in the United States, South America, and Canada, but there's only a hundred of them. So. Yes. So rush out and get it. Rush now. out and get it now. <laughs> and I will be following these people who have them because if all of them go down to three hundred feet. Three hundred <laughs> meters, sorry. <laughs> these watches on their own are pretty darn expensive. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean What's they're, the they're, name of the one that is with this package? The Diver Chronometer Bow Lake. It's called the Bow Lake. Bow okay. Lake. B E A U Lake. I'm trying to find it on their website. Forty-four millimeter. But yeah, they're 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 pricey. They've got some fancy watches. These are really nice looking watches. But, oh yeah, they're but expensive. But you, they really should be fancy looking watches if you're paying like twenty six thousand dollars for a watch. Right, right. So if you've got money, you just ha- don't happen to know what to do with it. <laughs> check these bad boys out. Yeah, that's all I'm saying about that because I don't have that kind of money to. I mean, that's like a couple of new canoes, flights up north, <laughs> and a nice canoe trip for yeah. twelve grand. It's like a flight to Portugal, right? We'll get into that later. <laughs> Saranac Lake in, in uh, New York State. Pole, pedal, paddle, race. Pole, pedal, paddle. 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 Fiddle, faddle. A new race featuring skiing, biking, kayaking, canoeing, and running will be held on March 4th to highlight the abundant outdoor recreation opportunities in the region uh, just been announced called the Saranac Lake 3P. Pull, pedal, paddle. Pull, pedal, paddle. 3P. Individual or teams of relay racers will get to the top of Mount Pisgah, ski or snowboard down. Huh. Bike to Dewey Mountain. Cross-country ski on the groomed trails at Dewey Mountain. Mm. Bike to the Saranac River, where their canoe or kayak is waiting for them. Paddle downstream to the Saranac Lake Fish and Game Club. And finally, run back to Mount Pisgah to the finish line. Wow. <laughs> that sounds right up your alley, Derek. No, not that even close. sounds Right up your alley. That there, there's a lot of different evolutions in this. Six leg, right? Huh. We are excited about the opportunity to showcase just a few of the exciting outdoor recreational opportunities at Saranac Lake. 
uh, has to offer while launching a new tradition for the area, says Scott McKim, a village resident who organized the race. <laughs> we, we were trying it mushrooms that day, and it's like, hey. He was later discovered that Scott <laughs> McKim was a glutton for punishment. <laughs> the six-leg multi-sport race seeks to draw on the uptick in recreation-based tourism in the North Country and enhance the attractiveness of the region to outsiders. Similar well-known races are held each year in the outdoor hotspots like Bend, Oregon, and Salida, Colorado. Hmm. Date for the event, March 4th, was specifically selected considering the odds of both snow-covered and thawed Saranac River. Mandatory pre-race safety meeting will be held the night before the race, and the race, which is intended to be an annual event, aims to raise money for local outdoor charities serving young people. Interesting. Sounds pretty cool. If I was 20, 30, 50 years younger. It definitely sounds challenging. (laughs) So you got to make yourself, make your way to the top of a mountain. I assume you're. Snow, they said skin up or snowshoe. I'm yeah. not sure what skin up means. So it's they call them like what stink skins or whatever. So it's a it's like a directional fur lining that you put on your ski, and so it, you can slide the ski forward. But when you pull the ski back, it all the little hairs block lock into the snow. Oh, like backwards Velcro sort of thing. Sort of, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Directional. I, I've Velcro. never heard of that before. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a lot of backcountry. So you can do that or or snowshoe up. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're doing the ski, well. Yeah, because I guess if you're skiing up, or you're going to snowboard down, then you probably have you'll have to. Well, you can, that'd be a lot of snowboard hopping all the way. <laughs> so what mountain. they also have is split boards. So it's a board that it clips together and it creates a snowboard. So you could skin up on skis and then clip the board together and then snowboard down. Wow. Yes, you it, know too but, much about snowboarding. <laughs> <laughs> I used to live out in BC. <laughs> Anyways, so you got to get to the top of Mount Pisgah, and then you're going to ski snowboard down. Then you're going to get a, like, to organize for this, like, you're going to need potentially snowshoes or split board. Uh, you're going to need a bike. You need cross-country skis. Then uh, your bike, bike again. again. Canoe or kayak. crew. Running shoes. Yeah. Is there a swim section? Uh, I suppose if you dump in the river, yeah, there's yeah. a swimming section. If you suck at canoeing or <laughs> kayaking, there is a swimming yes. section. <laughs> Do you lose points? <laughs> well, and they also organized it at a time of year where they think there's potentially ice or running water. Well, yeah, so that's you're going to have to say. have a dry suit potentially. Yeah, they're saying that they're, they're, they're doing it for that time of year because mm-hmm. there should still be enough to, to ski. Yeah. But the water should be open that you can paddle. This is crazy. <laughs> I say that you go join in. <laughs> no way. Do it. Do it. Maybe. Do maybe it. 30 years ago. <laughs> you know who would do something like this? Alan. <laughs> Alan Drummond. Yes, let's get Alan to do it. We'll drive him down. No, who would do this? Who would do this? Peter Romaine. Oh, Peter Romaine. Or Johnny Stinson. John, Johnny, this would be yeah. right up Johnny Stinson's alley. Yeah, David. David, David Lee, would, Lee do would he do this? Yeah, I don't know. I think so. All of those boys have been out mm-hmm. hiking in the Adirondacks. They yeah, were, they were down there last weekend. They did. They did nine peaks. They wanted me to go, but it's like, uh, oh, Grant Brower might do this. Does he do the biking? I don't think he'd do this. Forget him twenty bucks. 
<laughs> Grant Brower got twenty bucks, buddy. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, if you're looking for something to do, uh, check out the Saranac Lake Pole Pedal Paddle Race. Uh, just Google it; it's it's everywhere. Um, yeah. speaking of paddling, so paddling dot com has put out a list of 13 bucket list paddling destinations in the United States. Whose bucket list? I guess theirs. <laughs> Mind you, when you go through the list... It becomes your list? I think I know. I think I've just not heard of one or two of them. Well, I've heard of all of them, but yeah, uh, never really thought of, of a couple of them. And but when you start going through and you're and you're thinking about it, like yeah, you know what? There's a lot of these that that would be on my bucket list. Yeah, already oh, definitely. Yeah, right? just if you think about them. But now that they're on a list, you don't need it. You just need to frame this on a wall and in your garage or something and say, okay, throw a dart back to my list. Yeah, throw a dart. Which one are we going to this week? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this week. This week. This year, maybe. <laughs> so let's just go through the thirteen of them. Uh, Kauai, this Hawaiian island is known as the Garden Isle for good reason. It is lush with rainforest and bountiful vegetation ripe for exploring. Not only is there great hiking and surfing on this lush oasis, uh, but it is also an idle spot for paddling. I think that should be ideal spot mm-hmm. for paddling. Yeah, I think they meant ideal. I think I'm going to have to type them a letter. A nasty letter. <laughs> letter to the editor. Letter to the editor. Dear <laughs> editor, check your grammar. It's, it's an ideal spot for paddling. <laughs> for the truly adventurous, there is the multi-day kayak along the Nepali coast. This is a once-in-a-lifetime adventure. Keep in mind, this is an adventure for the summer as waves are far too dangerous in the winter months. There are so many areas to paddle in Kauai, from stand-up paddle boarding to kayaking. And a trip uh, is a truly magical way to get in touch with the raw beauty of nature through paddling. This would be nice. Yeah, if you look at the, the pictures mm-hmm. of, this, of that place, it's like there's some really awesome scenery there. This one, you, you've seen billions and billions. Billions, trillions even. Horseshoe Bend? Horseshoe Bend in Lake Powell, Arizona. One of the most photographed river bends in the world lies in the middle of the Arizona desert. If you say, I've never seen that picture, and then somebody shows you a picture, you go, oh, yes. Have you seen the uh, Ardeen France picture that looks just like this, but with trees and grass? You swear it's the same bend in the river, but instead of like rocky and... Bushes, you know, bushes that it's like full on forest and oh yeah, yeah. It's I'll have uh, to take a peek. It's pretty amazing. It's and it looks just like the same bend, and uh, it's got a lot of history too. World War One, World War Two, Battle of Ardeen. There's there's been a lot of battles. Uh, German France France was one of their initial battles that they lost was here at. But it's the same bend. It's amazing. So same if, horseshoe bend. If you're over in Europe and want to come to this one, stay home. <laughs> yes, you got yeah. one there. But it's oh. a nice river. It's a nice looking river. Horseshoe Bend is an absolutely stunning section of the Colorado River. Another great thing about paddling at Horseshoe Bend is there is so much more to explore than just this little stretch of river. Again, it's, it's like a lot of things. You yeah. see the same yeah. thing all the time. Yeah. And 
people don't show you the rest of what's there. Exactly. Lake Powell, while slightly less famous, is equally iconic. You can paddle into tiny alcoves as towering sandstone cliffs provide shade above you. A combination Lake Powell and Horseshoe Bend trip is sure to provide you with a lifetime of desert paddling photos. Truly would be amazing. Yeah. Number three, Acadia National Park in Maine. Consider a trip to Maine and book a paddling vacation at one of the most stunning national parks, Acadia National Park. Paddle past lobster boys in the crystal clean cold Atlantic waters. There are endless clothes to explore in Acadia. This is a trip that should only be done between May and late September as the weather becomes cold and unpredictable as you enter October. Good news is, if you were hoping for cozy fall paddling trip, you still can. Uh, you can see foliage in Maine as early as mid-September. Hmm. I thought there was a provincial park named Acadia Provincial Park. That would be up in... There's a, there is Acadia. In New Brunswick. There's in New Brunswick, a, there's, right? Yeah, there's... Yeah. I just remember it from growing up, but I guess it's just Acadia. Uh, number four, the Florida Keys, which everybody's heard about paddling down John there. keeps going down there. Yeah. Southernmost part of Florida offers some truly unique paddling opportunities. Parts of the Florida Keys like uh, Bahia Honda State Park and John Pennycamp Coral Reef Park will make you feel as though you have been transported to a Caribbean isle. The Florida Keys have so much to offer in the way of paddling, from kayak expeditions to casual stand-up paddleboarding in Key West. Your options are plentiful. Other areas, like the mangrove fields, transport you to a marsh-like wetland that is bustling with life and excitement. You can have an enchanted experience paddling through these mangrove swamps. Just make sure you keep your eyes peeled <laughs> for gators. <laughs> Come on down to the Keys. You probably won't die. <laughs> Bow constrictors, alligators. Yeah. Do they got piranhas? <laughs> Uh, I've heard about this one a lot, and it's surprisingly, it's not as popular as, as it I've been led to believe. Mm -hmm. Michigan's Upper Peninsula. One spot in the U.S. that is a bit less popular for paddle tourism but deserves attention is Michigan's Upper Peninsula. If you are a paddler, you should not sleep on the Upper Peninsula. In fact, the Upper Peninsula has some of the best paddling in North America. There are so many great coves and bays bordering this landmass, as well as many picturesque towns and lighthouses. But some of the top paddling spots worth traveling for include Apostle Islands and Picture Rocks National Lakeshore. It has sand dunes, beaches, and even waterfalls to explore as you get lost in this lesser-known slice of paddling heaven. Is Great Bear Dunes National Park not on the Upper Peninsula? Yeah. Those sand dunes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And big waves, mm -hmm. and we did that this summer. And we did on our five great lakes. We did. We've done it. We've done this. Oh, it's one off we, our bucket list. We gathered. <laughs> we gathered an audience. I'm sure they're rooting for us to fail. But oh, come on, let's watch these bozos. <laughs> because it was rough. It was heavy. Like the waves are so huge. We were just bashing. We managed to get out. And every every time we wanted to turn, we have to think. Okay, this wave's going to come in. We're going to turn in behind it, and then <laughs> <laughs> go 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 go. So I'm. Um, what what is the uh, I'm. Curious about this this one sentence. If you are a paddler, you should not sleep on the Upper Peninsula. Don't don't just let it go by the wayside. Oh, okay. Take a look into it. Okay. Yeah. Is that what they meant? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I had to read that one about seven times, too. Uh, so, yeah, out of 13 so far, we've got one. One, one <laughs> down, 12 to go, baby. Tick. <laughs> Box ticked off. Number six, Cape Cod and surrounding islands, Massachusetts. Paddling around Cape Cod and its nearby islands like Martha's Vineyard and Nantucket is perhaps the best way to enjoy this northeastern natural wonder. In fact, some of the most beautiful small islands and secret beaches are only reachable by small boats. Even if you aren't a big paddler, kayaking and stand-up paddleboarding is possibly the best way to work off the clam chowder and lobster rolls you are inevitably going to enjoy. Mm. Clam chowder, <laughs> lobster rolls. Yeah, that sounds lovely. Yeah. Oh, you and can just pack them in your in your kayak yeah. or canoe, and while you're out there, just drifting, <laughs> eating. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the waves, oh. drifting and eating. I'm curious about this too. Like it'd be it'd be an interesting place to go, but there's a lot of high profile, high priced people that vacation in that area and are in that area. Yeah, and, and well, you row in or you paddle into the wrong cove or wrong inlet, and suddenly you get like people with uh, sharpshooters pointing down on you. It's like, oh, sorry, I'll pick the next cove. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys doing here? None. Want a lobster roll? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so one out of six so far. Wow, not bad. I know. Uh, the Outer Banks. One of the best and most original paddling destinations in the country. Outer Banks is filled with sandbars, marshland, and protected bays, offering great protection for those looking for a great stand-up paddleboarding spot without major waves. Outer Banks is a very popular summer destination and renting a beach house in July or, or August uh, can be quite pricey. September and even early October are also fantastic times to enjoy this vast natural water park. <laughs> They're saying it's, it's too expensive July, August. Go in October. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go when it's busy and warm. Yeah. <laughs> go when it's starting to freeze your butt off. That's awesome. You should check this out at Christmas. <laughs> All right, that one's off my list. <laughs> Number eight, Crystal River, Florida. The Florida Keys are not the only iconic paddling destination in Florida. Crystal River provides an equally unique paddling opportunity, and it is completely different from paddling in those southern uh, isles. Crystal River is short drive from Tampa, is a stunning natural spring with crystal clear water that seems to have endless visibility. The water alone makes this trip worth a visit. Hmm. What makes it truly one of a kind is that fact that it is also the largest natural manatee oh. sanctuary in the world. In addition to paddling alongside this beautiful body of water, you also have the chance to get up and close and personal with manatees in their natural habitat. I'd love to lay my own eyes on a manatee. Right? I'd like to see one in person. Yeah. But see, this sounds like the place that Alan and, and John Van Berger go paddling. Because they, they always into the uh, manatees and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, that'd be cool. So this is a short drive from Tampa. They were further up the coast and inland some. So I don't think they were here at Crystal River. But we'd have to ask them. Yeah. <laughs> we always we always talk about it. <laughs> Oftentimes when uh, I'll get a message from Alan, it says, yeah, you mentioned me. You didn't call me in on the on the discussion. Hey, Alan, if you're listening, call us now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know when you recorded three days ago? <laughs> 
Uh, number nine. Oh, this one. I definitely. This one's on my my list. Oh yes, Prince William Sound, Alaska. Now this is a lot of cruise ships go up that way. I think right. Like this is popular fjord area. Trey popular. Mm-hmm. If pristine wilderness and glaciers are what you are after, Prince William Sound in Alaska is arguably the best place on the planet for you. Where else can you watch soaring bald eagles fly above you while sea otters keep you company in the water? There are also harbor seals and whales. When there aren't endangered wildlife within reach, simply stare out at the Columbia Glacier, which imposingly borders this sound. A paddling journey in this sound is a great way to soak up all that makes Alaska special. That would be amazing. Wouldn't it? I've done some paddling around Vancouver Island. This would be further, it's further north, but it's like it'd be the same type of topography and water and mm-hmm. it's, uh, it'd be amazing. See, that's like, and, and it's not on this list of 13, but I'd love to go on one of those Antarctic cruises mm-hmm. and oh, go yeah, yeah, yeah. kayaking yeah, yeah. every day. Yeah. Like that'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'd love to do We'd that. We'd have personal guides. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> How is it we know people that are working on these trips, but we don't actually aren't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. We suck. (laughs) (laughs) So this one here, I don't think I have ever seen this spelled. I have. It's just you forget. I looked at it and thinking, oh, La Jolla, La Jolla, (laughs) California. No, La Jolla. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen it spelled before in my entire life. (laughs) Because I had to go on. How do you pronounce that? It's like Mm -hmm. La Jolla. You're, you're pronouncing it wrong. I, I <laughs> I've seen that in I've TV shows. That. Yeah. If you're looking for a paddling destination that is perfect mix of wild nature and fantastic city life, look f- no further than La Jolla, tucked on the rocky and clipped outskirts of San Diego. And I've been to San Diego. La Jolla is a popular Southern California vacation destination for all sorts of reasons. Great zoo. Great surfing. One of the best ways to enjoy La Jolla is with a paddle. There are thousands of sea lions that will share the water with you as you paddle around beautiful rock formations along gorgeous beaches. When you've had your fill of paddling for the day, enjoy one of La Jolla's renowned oceanfront eateries. Mm-hmm. So that's just like, yeah, go paddling all day, then yeah. go eat. Eat and paddle, eat and paddle, eat and paddle. <laughs> There's a guy I used to work with, and... Uh, he ended up getting himself a job, an engineering job at one of the nuke plants down there. And uh, and it's like he, he's constantly posting on Instagram and Facebook and stuff. And he's like, ah, I think I'll go surfing today or I think I'll do this or I'm going to go biking in the hills. going to go, you know, going to go to this ski resort. It's like, oh, man. But you know what? Like, And we talk to people that go, oh, you guys are in Canada. You get yeah. Algonquin Park three hours from our house. Northern Ontario, yeah. you know, like tomogamy and stuff like that. And they're looking at us going, oh, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> so grass ain't always greener. No, it's just true, a different true. type of grass, yes. right? <laughs> uh, number 11, Lake Tahoe, Nevada and California. I've always wanted to go there. This is, yeah, I mean, there's some beautiful scenery here. Lake Tahoe has been one of the premier destinations for paddlers and skiers alike for generations. This vast lake has epic views from the water. It has some great protected areas near shore for stand-up paddle boarding. And for the more adventurous, there are longer paddles that you enjoy further into the lake. Like La Jolla, Lake Tahoe has a thriving foodie scene. 
This town is built on tourism, so for those looking for paddling with a sprinkling of luxury and relaxation, look no further than Lake Tahoe. Hmm. Sprinkling of luxury and relaxation, that sets off... Ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, dollar signs, right? And, you know, this is it is a popular doors destination. Anything that's popular is going to be ka-ching, ka-ching, be pricey, ka-ching, right? Unless you bring your tent and sleep on the beach. Yeah, eat hot dogs <laughs> cooked on the beach. Hot dogs on the beach. I'm a foodie. I'm a foodie. I have fancy hot dogs. It's cooked on a beach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to get you and your hot dog. <laughs> uh, number twelve is the Hood River in Oregon. If you are in need of an adventurous paddling trip with a side of quaint small town charm, consider adding Hood River, Oregon to your bucket list. Hood River is located on perhaps the most gorgeous stretch of the fabled Columbia River, the Columbia River Gorge. Enjoy the stoic cliffs, stoic? Stoic? Stoic. Stoic. Cliffs, hidden coves, nearby towering waterfalls, and plentiful wildlife by day. Then come back to the port town of Hood River, for the sweet charm of the quintessential Oregon town. You couldn't get stoic, but you could get quintessential? It's the small words that baffle me. <laughs> <laughs> if you were a fan of fine wine and craft beer. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, after you paddle, Hood River needs to be on the top of your list. Hmm. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Oregon's. I've been. I've been in most of the states, and uh, like I've been to Oregon. It's nice out there. We. It's. Uh, I, I recognize. Like I. Well, when I was in the Navy, right, we went up the Columbia River and and stuff like that. It's. Uh, it's a very nice place. Nice beaches. It's. It's. It's coastal beauty at its best. It's stoic. It's stoic and it's quintessential. <laughs> and last but not least, and this is another biggie, especially uh, I think this one if you're rafting, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Salmon River's Middle Fork in Idaho. And they were saying, remember, Idaho's more than potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> the Middle Fork of the Salmon River in Idaho is one of the best alpine paddling destinations in the U.S. It is also a great excuse to explore the natural beauty hiding in Idaho. Salmon River and its Middle Fork has a variety of paddling opportunities. There are tranquil waters for canoes and kayaks, but for adventure kayakers... And whitewater rafter enthusiasts, you have some remarkable rapids to enjoy here as well. Just make sure you educate yourself on and consult with local experts before navigating this powerful whitewater. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd say there's a few of those that are on, uh, oh, yeah, on the list for. But they should. <laughs> it's an American list. Well, and that's what it was. It was a list of. Of in the United States. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Antarctica isn't in the United States. Well, Last no. I checked, it wasn't. <laughs> no, I'll give you that. Yeah. So yeah, these are 13 bucket list paddling destinations in the U.S. Where's? 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 You said Antarctica. It isn't on here. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, that wasn't mentioned. No. Only American destinations. But when they're talking Alaska. Yes. It reminds me if I want to go to Antarctica. Uh, Alaska reminds you of Antarctica? Yeah, there's snow. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's snow, there's waters, there's whales, there's things that swim, <laughs> sea lions and such, penguins. <laughs> penguins. Pen- penguins, yeah. Uh, but speaking of paddling, mm. so I came across this one as well. A 10-day Portugal-Spain paddle, Juro 
kayak.com. When you look at the pictures, the gallery of this this 10-day trip that they offer, there's also a six-day one they offer, but the 10-day one. You start looking at the gallery of photos that you're going to see on this trip. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. You know, we're looking at the, the, the price, which we'll, we'll say at the end how much it is. And we're saying, uh, yeah, no. But when you start what's what you get, what they yeah. tell you you get. Start cackling it out all the gazintas. And yeah. Yeah. It's, it's well worth it. Yeah. Join Duro Kayak Expeditions for a beautiful experience paddling across Portugal on the flat water Douro River from Spain to Porto, where the river flows into the Atlantic Ocean. So basically, it's from the Spanish-Portugal border straight across Mm -hmm. the top of Portugal. And what's neat is that you start in in uh, in Porto, yep. and you take a train trip, and the train ride itself up to the Spain, the border with Spain is uh, is it's world renowned in its own. Mm-hmm. And so you start the trip with a fantastic train trip, and uh, who doesn't like trains? Finish it with great long paddle. Yeah, ten day paddle includes three UNESCO World Heritage sites. One is which is the city. Uh, you'll start and finish in the Portuguese city of Porto, where you will tour the World Heritage Site of the Old City. Following day, you'll board the historic Douro Valley train, travel up the Douro River to near the Spanish border, where you will spend the first night. Following nine days are spent paddling through very undeveloped part of Europe, eating great Portuguese food, sleeping in wonderful B&Bs, till you reach the sea. Douro Kayaks Expeditions provides excellent single or double kayaks according to the client's wishes. Husband and wife should not go in a double kayak together because, you know, then <laughs> trips ended halfway through. Uh, PFDs, skirts, jackets, and all bottled drinking water. Guys are all BCU and first responder trained. They also carry communication gear and a spot device. Some of the things mentioned, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Go to yeah. Douro, D-O-U-R-O, kayak.com, all one word. And at the top of the page, there's itinerary one, itinerary two, yep. gallery. Click itinerary one, and they go through every day on what it's you're incredible. going to see. But some of the things mentioned are 600-foot walls, grapevine terraces, paleolithic rock art, wine and olive oil producing vineyards, sandy beaches, Roman bridges and roads, natural springs and waterfalls, locks and dams. One lock lowers you 114.8 feet. That's pretty incredible. Like, wow. (laughs) You must be in there for like days. (laughs) Well, you know, it would be a long transfer, right? Oh, yeah. But going down, it'd be probably, it'd be cooler with the water going down than up, filling up. Because we when we went on that trip with uh, me and you went on that trip with uh, what's his name Ben Ben yep. Ben Stacy, uh, so we went upriver. So all of our all of our transits were raising level. Mm-hmm. So it was, but it was neat. It was fascinating to go through the locks and yeah. you imagine. Well, there was the one swift rapids, which was huge, and we went down that yeah. one. And the doors opened like something out of Lord of the Rings, <laughs> right? Like, but yeah, about one hundred and fourteen point eight feet. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then lots of scenic landscapes. Uh, like I say, there's a 10-day and 6-day itinerary. Go to durokayak.com, click itinerary 1 or 2 at the top of the page, and it'll go through exactly what's happening every day, the things you're going to see. Definitely check out the photo gallery because it's just wow. 
Yes. Just some of the things that the, the scenery, yeah. the the historical stuff, the just seeing the, the terraced vineyards and stuff like I know, that. Right? right? It's amazing. There's about 15, they do about 15 of these 10 day trips in a season from April to October. Yeah. 2023, they're already sold out. Except there, for, well, one, one for trip that has people. two people. Yeah. <laughs> there's room for two there, people. There's room for one couple on this <laughs> one trip. Uh, I got to think somebody's just canceled last minute or something. So Maybe. put it up there. Uh, there's still a couple mm-hmm. uh, spots on the six-day trips, but they're already booking for 2024. Yes. And I'm thinking, wow, this must be a great deal on these trips, right? <laughs> the 10-day trips, 2,700 euro, which is... Close to four thousand dollars Canadian, uh, two thousand one hundred fifty US per person. Yes, yeah, four thousand Canadian a person. You're thinking what? And you still have to pay for your flight there and back. Yep. And if you want to stay a bit longer or get there a few days earlier, all that's extra. Mm-hmm. But when you start looking at kayak rentals for the ten days for two of you or all for the, you, all the kayaks and gear you need. Your all your foods oh, and yep. some of the food they're talking are uh, there's this one place you stay um, and it's uh, this guy's restaurant and he raises and grows all of the food from the restaurant yep. there. He has his own vineyard which he produces his own wines and yep. stuff. And a lot of these things, you know, there's little picnic lunches at a at a vineyard, so all that's included. Yeah. Right? They're not taking you to McDonald's. It's going to be fantastic. It's, yeah, it's supposed to be really good food. Uh, B&Bs and hotels every night, not like Bob's Backyard <laughs> <laughs> shack sort of thing. Yeah. You know, like when you start looking, 4000 for this Canadian, like yeah. that seems like a pretty good deal. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say it's a deal, but you're getting- You're getting your money's you're getting worth. getting your money's worth. Yeah. And yeah. you got to pay the guides as well too, yeah. right? Yeah. So. You know, so yeah, you're you're definitely getting your money's worth. The six day is uh, eighteen fifty euro, twenty seven hundred bucks Canadian, two thousand US. You know, round just rounding there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're definitely getting your money's worth on that one. It's just I went through actually, actually you have I as we're preparing for this, I have now have some. Uh, some Google flight search <laughs> alerts on my phone. So well, 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 <laughs> flights were about a thousand bucks a person. So yeah, flights were in the on average about uh, nine fifty per person round trip from Toronto, and uh, some of them like there's a couple ones like normally you don't like layovers, but I was picking the one. There's one that has a it has a overnighter in uh, Lisbon, and uh, so it's like oh man, this could be really interesting. <laughs> See well. Yeah, if I'm doing something like this, it depends on my time, right? Yeah. Like when we went to Iceland, we left at night. Mm-hmm. Like was like close to midnight. Okay. Because all you're going to do is sleep. Yep. Right? So when you wake up in the morning, sun's coming up as you're yeah. landing in Iceland. Yeah. So you've slept or hopefully yeah. slept on the plane. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what are you going to do overnight anyway? Yeah. You're going to sleep, right? Mm-hmm. So why waste a good day? You're Daytime either, hours. You're either going to sleep or you're going to become a statistic. One or the other. One of the two. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know what? We'll we'll catch a late flight. We'll sleep on the plane. That way, when we land, we've got a full day. Yeah, we're not yeah. wasting that full day. Mm-hmm. You know, flying. Yeah, getting in in the afternoon and hopefully maybe getting something done in the after late yeah. afternoons. Or yeah, no, you've got that whole day. <clears throat> 
And then you have a really good sleep that night. Yeah. <laughs> the jet lag. <laughs> but then coming home, you try to you get stuff done that let you go do some more stuff that last day. Yeah. And then you take a later flight home. Mm-hmm. And then get home even later, <laughs> much to everybody being pissed off at you. <laughs> Why are you picking me? I haven't even pick you up this time of night. There was earlier flights. No, there wasn't. No, yeah. honest. Tr- no, don't look at the internet. The there was flight not. arrives at 1130 at night, then it's like four hours to find your baggage. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that way you get your full. So yeah, when, I, when I'm, if I'm flying out to Portugal, I'm going to take that overnight or direct. Mm-hmm. But, like like you say, it depends on the time you get into Lisbon. Yeah. And can you go out and do some run around a bit? Well, you're going to be in a hotel, right? So you could, at the very least, you could see. Yeah, presume you're going to be in a hotel. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it is a layover, so you're, I'm not going to sleep in the airport if I'm doing a layover. Depends how long layover is. Uh, the, is it uh, overnight? It is overnight. Yeah. So what it is, you get in and you, there's... I, I was I can't remember what exactly what the itinerary was, but you're uh, you're adding twelve hours to your travel time by doing the layover. Yeah, I guess you're not sleeping in yeah. the airport. Like some of the ones the ones with the with the layovers, so you go from like a, a nine to fourteen hour day, some some of the average ones are eighteen hour days, and then the layover ones were like twenty four to twenty eight hour days. Yeah, no. But you're sleeping some of that. You're in a hotel. You're walking the street. I'm going to sleep on the plane. <laughs> and then when I land, <laughs> all right, people, let's go. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Off like a shot all over Portugal. Yeah. 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 There's no, yeah. There's no better excitement than knowing you have a few hours left to catch your flight and getting lost in a foreign city in a foreign language. See? <laughs> and if you just take a direct <laughs> flight, you wouldn't have that happen to you. <laughs> Well, there's no direct Where's flights. Where's Derek? Don't know. There, there's no direct flights. There was, wasn't a single direct flight. All of them, the shortest one was uh, two hours in the airport to the next flight. So they all have- you don't mind. Yeah, they're all, they, ha- they all have two legs or more. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So- now to come up with the money. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? So where do you... Anybody have any spare $10,000 in cash? Yeah, we need to go on a kayak trip. <laughs> One of many. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, about $4,000 per person. Assume you're going to go as a couple and not uh, ditch plus, your wife at home. Yeah, plus flights. Yeah, plus flights. Another, another two grand for flights. And then... And I'm not bringing home souvenirs for any of you. <laughs> Well, yeah, you got to buy a couple T-shirts. So all the other incidentals and airport stuff, and you know, baggage fees and whatever. So you, it's going to be eight, nine, ten, eleven, around eleven thousand, twelve thousand. Now I'm talking to Canadian dollar here because uh, anybody's listening from elsewhere, then figure it out in your Deutschmarks or whatever. I'm going to start investing in Bitcoin. <laughs> Cryptocurrency. <laughs> yes. That's the way. That's the way. In Buy hindsight. In, in hindsight, hindsight. Yeah. Like, look at, uh, I remember people first talking about Bitcoin and it's like, you know, you're talking like six, eight cents of Bitcoin and then, whoa, it just jumped up to a dollar eighty per Bitcoin. And I'm like, oh, this is silliness. Who's going to, this is never going to grab. This is never going to catch. And it's just mad. Here, hold my beer and watch <laughs> this. I've spent some time occasionally saying, well, if I had a thousand Bitcoin that I bought for a buck, and and now they're worth they're worth what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it went down. 
not down a lot. It's still yeah, worth still, about yeah. twenty six thousand. <laughs> it's worth a lot. Yeah. If only we knew. I, know, I had right? a guidance counselor who used to do the penny stocks. Oh yeah. And he bought a whole bunch. He bought like ten thousand stocks or something, penny stocks for so what's whatever ten thousand pennies is, of a company called Plumbing Mart. And then it went huge. Oh yeah. And he made a fortune. And we never saw him after that. <laughs> <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh-huh. oh, Bitcoin is uh, thirty thousand dollars a Bitcoin Canadian. Really. Yeah, thirty thousand one hundred fifty-five. So it's uh, it's on a slow climb. Wow, I wouldn't mm-hmm. think it's that much. Yeah, yeah, it's climbed. That's something. Well, I think it peaked at like fifty-five thousand of Bitcoin. Well, that means I get with all the Bitcoin I do have <laughs> nothing. Yeah, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> Speaking of, <laughs> I got nothing left. You got anything else? <laughs> no, that was it. <laughs> That's it. So you've got all these trips to choose from now. Thirteen bucket lists. Oh no, twelve because we've already got one under our belt. All my right. wife, my wife's going to have to start putting in a lot of overtime. I know, eh? <laughs> She's got to pay for your way to Portugal. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going alone. <laughs> Just bring a camera. <laughs> oh, what the, do you really need to go to work? Let me sell your car and we're we'll going on a canoe trip instead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what can we sell around? I think my comic book collection is going to be up for sale soon. <laughs> Oh jeez! Yeah, it would be nice. So, like the, this, the, I've I've been I've been daydreaming a lot about this Portugal trip since you found it. Just like, oh yeah, man, see, that's the problem with this man. Is we see all so many these things when we're researching. Yeah. Banks Island. We still talk. I still think about Banks Island. I would love to do, but you know what? Honestly, if I had to choose between Banks Island and this Spain uh, Portugal trip, I do. Portugal. You got me seeing Spain now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This Portugal trip. Mm-hmm. I think I'd rather go on this Portugal trip. Yeah, absolutely. Like you might see a couple of muskox and a bunch of muskox skulls and some wolves, Arctic wolves and Arctic fox. Are there on Banks Island? Yeah, wolves and uh, the caribou. Yeah, yeah, they'd be caribou. Right, you see all that? Mm-hmm. There's no portage. It'd still be an amazing trip, Banks Island. Oh, it'd definitely be an amazing trip. Thompson River, Banks Island. Or Portugal. Yeah. At half the price. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Oh. Exactly. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Well, no, not really. <laughs> uh, um, oh, just a, a quickie. Toronto Outdoor Adventure Show, uh, February 24th to 26th, Toronto International Center. I will be speaking. Yes. <laughs> I will be speaking there. <laughs> I remember getting a text you. Uh, they never told me I got a they spot. They never told me. <laughs> I'm they, on the calendar. <laughs> they put the schedule out. Hey, here's what's happening on the Adventures and Paddling stage. All these presenters. Oh, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> hey, hey, look at that, everybody. I'm on there. They and didn't let me know. <laughs> two days later, I get an email. Hey, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, Quiet Adventure Symposium, Saturday, March 4th in the Michigan State University Pavilion in East Lansing, Michigan. We will have our booth. We'll be recording in our booth again this year. Uh, drop by and say Hello. Canucopia, March 10th to 12th, the Lion Energy Center in Madison, Wisconsin. I will be there, wandering around aimlessly. Yep. Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium. We're still debating whether we're going to actually get a booth this year or just, because it's been 
a number of years since we've actually just sat and listened to the speakers because yes, usually we're yeah. up up recording people while Doing recording other tables stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, so we're still up in the air on that one. Uh, Ottawa Outdoor and Adventure Travel Show, April 15th to 16th at the Nepean Sportsplex, uh, Nepean, Ontario. Free admission, free parking. I like that. <laughs> awesome. Uh, go to Etsy or just Google and type in foraging bag, foraging bag. Did you come across it or were you specifically looking I was specifically looking for, looking for. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've heard about them before. I didn't know they were called foraging bags, mm-hmm. but... I got myself a foraging bag, <laughs> not a foraging bag, a foraging bag. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, like I say, I got this one from Arctic Pines. Um, is it Danny Bow? I think is her name that makes these. Apparently she was on Naked and Afraid. Three times. Three times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause they had three different ones. Like the one yeah. that was an XL and then there was an so all this is what or, she does or something. No, I'm going to have to look But she, up she does a whole bunch of other stuff. And look up some old episodes now. I know, right? <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Happy foraging. Best wishes, Danny. Cool. See? Very, very cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's going to come in so handy. That, mm-hmm. Absolutely handy. I can't wait to uh, give that a whirl. Uh, and that's all I've got. Uh, same. That's all I got. I got nothing. <laughs> nothing. Something happened. I can't remember what it was, but I'm going to have to write it down and remember next week. Yeah. I keep doing that too. It's like, oh man, I'm supposed to talk about this. Like the whole, why don't I just give five minutes of silence and then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, because don't nope, don't remember because we had the bears episode yeah. where it was everything to do with bears, and there was one topic with the uh, the bear, the bear the killing the moose at the wedding. Yeah. We forgot to add that one in. Yeah. <laughs> How do you make your wedding special? I know. Have a grizzly bear kill a moose across the lake. <laughs> so you hire yeah hire a naturalist to bring in a bear and a baby moose. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> anyway, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream our episodes on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. You can go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com and stream or listen to uh, download all our episodes there. And if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with friends, family, and fellow paddlers. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 